This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.orapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. I'm very excited to introduce my special guest today, Ms. Megan Gamble, the project executioner. How are you, Megan? I am doing well. How are you, Corey? Really good. You're part of an exclusive club we were just talking about that has done all three of the Package Deal podcasts with Avelio Matos, Adam Peake, and myself. So congratulations. Yes. yes. Well, thank you. I'm always excited to definitely join these communities and definitely honored to be part of the Package Deal. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> it's it's an exciting community. It's amazing what's happening in the world of packaging. And I'm just thrilled to be a small part of that. So, but tell us about you. The show's about sustainable packaging. I want to hear about your background, what got you to where you are here and and tell us about yourself. Oh man, if I told you about my whole life story, we would be here (laughs) my whole day and wouldn't Not that far. (laughs) But so thank you for having me, Corey. So my name is Megan Young Gamble. I do call myself the project execution her because I'm a female in the project management space and also in the packaging industry. So I am the principal consultant at Gillevel Consulting, where we are operations management firm that helps deliver packaging solutions to brands in the startup or legacy phase, in the health, beauty, and wellness phase to help pimp your packaging from conception (laughs) to distribution to your retail shelf. And we do that so we can help lessen the frustration it takes for the development and input of packaging as part of your product launches. So brands are able to focus on building and growing their brands, while me and my team at Global Consulting focus on the execution aspect of it to get you to that retail shelf. So so much to say about my journey, but um, <laughs> I would just kind of give you some context. So I've been a project manager for the past 10 years and had the opportunity to work in various industries such as research and development, because my undergrad is actually in chemistry. So I've worked in research and development and project management. I've also worked in logistics, transportation, healthcare, health and beauty, and more. So I have a very diverse background utilizing my project management expertise, because I am a certified project manager professional with a PMP. And so as I was working in corporate America, I had the opportunity to be a project manager for a health and beauty company based out of Atlanta, Georgia where I had the opportunity to oversee two respective brands um, underneath this company with all their product launches to market. Then I was promoted to then oversee three brands and then promoted to operations manager where I had the opportunity to oversee underneath the company. Well, as I decided to actually take a leap of faith and become a full-time consultant in January, 2020, COVID happened and, you know, caused all of us to pivot in reference of how we do business, how we engage with people, you know, from going in person to virtual, and also being able to have time to really sit down and get clarity of what I wanted to do, what I was passionate about, and what I wanted to be able to contribute and make my standpoint in the market. So as I decided to become a full-time consultant, it also gave me clarity to say, you know what, what I did in in my prior role as a project manager, promoted to operations manager, 
working in a new product development space where my emphasis and focus was on packaging, how can I bring and leverage that expertise to my own practice, get level consulting? So thanks to COVID, I would say I pivoted my business to help deliver these packaging solutions to startup and legacy brands and bring in that project management expertise, as well as my knowledge of the packaging industry in the health, beauty, cosmetics, and wellness space, merging them together to present it as, as an offering with your level consulting. So that's the short answer of how we're here. <laughs> well done. I, I think you should add TEDx speaker to your future. You're a very hey. eloquent speaker. And I'm impressed. I'm jealous. Oh, don't be jealous. Look, just well go done. to Toastmasters. We're all the <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Um, absolutely impressive. That's so, uh, such a good point that so many people during COVID took a hard look at what they were doing and they said, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to try things differently. You know, that's how I started doing social media, you know, Two years ago, I wasn't even on Instagram. So it's just all these things, like you said, it, it's really changed the the face of the world. It's changed how we uh, communicate. But I'm thrilled that you're part of beauty packaging because this, in, in my opinion, beauty packaging is the hardest part of sustainable packaging. And I had the honor of talking to the people at Aptar recently and they're working on a that yes you got one too oh wonderful they they just developed a fully recyclable beauty related product and it's it's awesome packaging so absolutely can you tell us a little bit about that industry how what the challenges are for the beauty brands in packaging hey friends i want to take a quick minute to tell you about this carbon neutral jewelry brand anna luisa a-n-a-l-u-i-s-a they are offering listeners of this podcast a huge discount up to 40% off, starting at just $39. They make awesome gifts for Valentine's Day and any time to surprise that special someone. Links and notes, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, Carbon Neutral Jewelry. Be sure to use the promo code in the notes. Thanks. Oh, man. So we definitely heard a lot about how sustainable packaging is I'm saying this in quotes as the new trend, even though it's been around for decades, right? But now a lot of consumers and brands are really looking at how can I help contribute to reduce the carbon footprint? And how do I do that from a sustainable approach? Through packaging. And so I would say, you know, with legacy brands, they're already repositioning themselves. So look at Aptar, how they partner with Buoyant Beauty to actually produce a cranberry mask that has a fully recyclable pump, which is unheard of, you know, utilizing mono material. But within this industry, legacy brands are able to actually have more sustainable packaging. But with some of the startup brands, that's a challenge in themselves because a lot of these indie brands or startup brands, they don't meet the MOQs, minimum order quantities. For some of these sustainable packaging items that are being developed and coming to market, which is great. You know, so Revlon, L'Oreal, all the big brands, right? They can support it. But these indie brands or startup brands are having that challenge where they want sustainable packaging, but yet I don't meet the MOQ. So what are the alternatives and such? So we'll talk about that shortly. But I would say in reference of challenges in the marketplace, is really coming down to, you know, when manufacturers, contract manufacturers, fillers, and even packaging developers and suppliers, as we're looking at this footprint and looking at how we can actually become more sustainable in our approach, 
a couple things come to mind for challenges that I've, I've noticed within working with my clients. First challenge is if we have stock formulas and we go to more sustainable packaging, what does that look like for making sure that our product stays stable because you go through stability testing as part as well as packaging compatibility testing, PCT within this beauty space? So what does that look like as we transition into more sustainable packaging? That's the first challenge to think of because that can experience longer lead times, going into more development time, and also looking at what are the materials of the packaging as part of the products to see if there are any key ingredients that are going to be reacting with each other to make it not be stable or eat through the packaging. So I would say those are a couple challenges. But then two, understanding how brands can properly position themselves through the use of sustainable packaging is another challenge. And the reason I say that's a challenge is because when you ask brands, what does sustainable packaging mean to you? A lot of times they don't know. They're like, well, that's the new thing. I just don't right. want that. <laughs> you know, that's, and I'm like, that's great and all, but dig a little bit deeper. What does that mean to you? What is that going to represent for your brand and your ethos to have sustainable packaging? And so I realized that a lot of brands, regardless of scale, are having difficulties conveying that. And how to really resonate it to the. So I would say those are a couple of challenges that I've experienced within um, this beauty packaging space and sustainable packaging at that. With right. conversation, it's such an interesting point. What does that mean to you? And I, I love that. I think that's a question we should all ask, and when we're talking to our partners in this in this packaging space, because think- sustainability means different things to different people. Some exactly. people, some people don't think it, anything plastic can be sustainable, which yeah. I think you and I both agree that that's not the case. And, exactly. you know, I've never heard that term before packaging com- compatibility testing. Yes. And I think that's, I, I haven't spent a lot of time in my career in the beauty space, in the, in the primary beauty packaging. Mm-hmm. I do, we do a lot of secondary and even point of purchase displays and tertiary packaging, but that's, that's really interesting that you have to put the product, the, whatever it is, the, the cream, the lotion, the, the, the cleaner, uh, exactly. the soap <laughs> into the, the packaging and test it. How long does something like that take? take? Can you tell me about that? Oh, so great question. So it really comes down to what the type of product is. So for example, if you're launching Jus Buoyant Beauty with Avatar, they're a cranberry mask. If they were to go through packaging compatibility testing inside of this packaging that has the recyclable pump, mm-hmm. um, it may start off at three months but that's for the U.S. If they're going and expanding into other markets, it can start at six months or more. So it really depends upon what type of product it is, first and foremost. Secondly, are there any actives like an SPF product or over-the-counter product that requires longer time for PCT? So usually with SPF products, you go through a longer period of time for packaging compatibility testing. And then you also have to make sure you acquire what's called your real-time stability testing to make sure that you have your testing over a certain period of time to then be able to produce the expiration date of over-the-counter products or SPF products. So to answer your question, it can start as, as little as three months, but go on, definitely be more months contingent upon what the type of product is, if testing is necessary, and also which market you're going to be launching the product into as well. It's a fascinating thing to think about how with these new monomaterial kinds of packaging, or sometimes where people are talking about innovative kinds of materials like 
hemp plastics and things yeah. like that. So we're, we're trying out new materials, but we got to make sure that they're not going to affect the quality, stability of our product. This is, this is an interesting story. My, my dad was in the packaging space 20 years ago and ah. was a part of one of the first projects where they put, they went from glass to plastic for pickles. And oh, wow. he, he said they didn't do that testing and it didn't, it, the pickles turned, they went back because of, they didn't, they didn't have the proper lining in the plastic. So yeah. fa- fascinating thing to think about how that relates to beauty products. Absolutely. And to be honest, it's definitely a requirement. And, you know, people always say, well, how is that different than stability testing? And I always tell people stability testing is usually making sure that your product is stable at desired temp- at certain temperatures, right. um, two, dis- two temperatures, but they're making sure that your product is stable and is tested normally in glass. Whereas with packaging compatibility testing, that's testing your final formulation or product inside of your final packaging. And that's where both of them are required and definitely necessary as part of your testing phases of products. I have a friend that always says there's nothing sustainable about going out of business. And I think (laughs) that's, that's an important thing. If, if we're not packed, if we're not testing, if we're not taking the the proper time to really test and make sure it's going to work, what's the point in how pretty it looks. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, as a consumer, I want to make sure I'm able to enjoy the product I just invested in, you know, so it, it definitely is important. And sometimes these these beauty products I've noticed, you know, in my my personal life, my wife has lots of containers of different <laughs> kinds of things. And I don't know what they are. I don't mess with them, but she will keep them for years. Some of them, you know, well, that, that's only for this kind of a thing. And okay, okay, okay. So they have to stay stable, not only on the shelf, but in the home for quite some mm-hmm. time. Sometimes. Absolutely. And, you know, and I tell people packaging plays a critical part because if you're buying it at Ulta or Macy's in the store yeah. versus, you know, online versus, you know, keeping it in your house, you have to still make sure with the different lights and how they hit the packaging. That right. it helps you be stable. So it's a lot of things that goes into it. But it's funny you said that you don't touch any of your wife's containers. My husband, <laughs> he's like, you have too much packaging and too many things and perfumes and this and that and this and that. I don't even bother. Just yes, just just let me know that's your cabinet. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a that's a marriage tip. This is a first for this show. Is a marriage tip is. Let let your spouse or your partner have their stuff and just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, so he's the same way. He's like, don't touch anything in my man cave. So you know, that, that's the boundaries of marriage. <laughs> hey, he sounds like a good good guy. I like him. <laughs> so what do you recommend normally when you have a customer uh, or a partner that's coming to you for, for questions? What's your push for sustainability? What's What's your focus when you're talking about sustainable packaging? a great question. So um, just like a lot of companies and packaging suppliers, we highly recommend glass and aluminum. We're definitely seeing how beauty is converting into utilizing aluminum a lot more, especially with some of the larger scale brands as part of their refillable services. So I'm sure we'll get into that shortly. But glass and aluminum are definitely great options. And I even tell people there is sustainable plastic options available too, depending upon what your quantities are. If you're wanting to, if you're starting off with, you know, 200, 250 or 500 pieces, 
we may have to look at more of the plastic rims for a better price point, but still being able to give you something that is sustainable. But that still goes back to the question of what does sustainability sustainability, excuse me, mean to you and your brand? Right. You know, is it only in the operations part or is it also conveyed to packaging? And then also, is it part of your products? Are your products sustainable? You know, in the ingredients. So that's where that question really comes back to play of what does sustainability mean to you? But for any brand startups who have lower quantities, glass and aluminum, for sure, because there are definitely great options for those avenues. And even with larger scale, you know, glass and aluminum is definitely being utilized more and more and more as part of that aesthetic and heavy weight to create that luxury feel. But to the point of like Aptar, you know, with their new recyclable pump, plastic is still sustainable. You know, it's about becoming very innovative in the development of it to make it more widespread. You know, so like Aptar is doing a great job on it. Fusion Beauty um, Packaging, they've definitely expanded their sustainable packaging collection. And a lot more companies are that are utilizing plastics as well. So I recommend all three. It really comes down to your quantities that you're launching with, what market you're launching into to make sure that we're also um, tracking from a regulatory standpoint with information. But then three, understanding what does sustainability mean to you to make sure that we're offering the right solution for the brand. Great points. You always have to think about the full life of the product and and where is it going to be filled? Where is it going to, how is it shipping? And and where it should, is it sitting on a shelf or is it just direct to consumer? All of these things apply to every aspect of packaging. Absolutely. Well said. So. What, what do you think about reusable packaging? You mentioned that, and I, I'm a huge fan. I don't want to skew your opinion, but I think it's, it's got huge potential. It's a, it's a great part of the, the circle of, of solutions, if you will, for sustainable future of packaging. What Absolutely. Do you think? So I actually like the idea of refillable packaging. And, you know, we're starting to see it more and more and more, like, you know, when I went to Costco, now being able to have a recyclable razor cartridge, you know, yeah. is something that's really important, you know, for me. And those are things I look at, you know, as a consumer. But even as a service provider, you know, I've realized that it's even it's definitely advantageous because one, to your point, is helping to close the loop and keep it within a circular um, economy, first and foremost. Secondly, because a lot more consumers are becoming more intentional about the type of packaging they purchase, with the type of products that they purchase, what does this brand represent? Does it align with my values, morals, ethics, et cetera? Now being able to contribute to that, you know, with refillable packaging where I can send you my Savage Fenty foundation in a tube and you just insert it into the base and you can send back your old cartridge to me so I can keep it and reutilize it and sanitize it to possibly put it back into its life cycle is yep. important. Yeah. You know, so to that point, I think refillable packaging is and reusable packaging is definitely great. And we're seeing a lot of great traction on it. Still some work to do, you know, because that goes back to the testing model and all of those things. But I think it's definitely great options. And I think a lot more startup brands are even looking at how they can reuse, you know, how to reuse packaging or refillable packaging as well in their models. So utilizing glass and giving incentives to their consumers to return, you know, the glass packaging or the glass jar back to the main consumer, you know, back to the headquarters of the brand as in as for doing so, I'm giving you an incentive. 
So they're trying to be similar to TerraCycle, but doing it on a much smaller scale, you know? So I think it's definitely coming around for sure. We're definitely seeing great traction, some areas of improvement, but, you know, that's where it really comes down to knowing your quantities, the market, type of product you're doing. Has it been tested in that type of product if you are shipping it as a refillable container and more? So it's still a little bit of work to do, but I think I think it's definitely gaining great traction for sure. Yeah, great points. I had a customer come to me uh, a few months ago and say, I want this new bag to be at least 60% post-consumer recycled material. And I can't remember that happening, you know, years past with that customer. They're they're having a global initiative. They said we're going to be sustainable with our packaging, period. Mm-hmm. And and make sure that this bag is not only high PCR but also recyclable again or reusable of course, but it's it's exciting to see this stuff, isn't it? I just it's like it gets me going. I'm like so happy about it. <laughs> I know it. Like I'm one of those like geeky nerdy people that's like, oh my gosh, like this makes me so excited to actually see this. And you know, like seeing articles like on Pack World, how they talked about the degree deodorant, you know, mm-hmm. and how it's functional for, you know, for for individuals who need to re-braille, you know, on the deodorant and such. And uh-huh. ways of being functional. You know, so to that point, it's a lot of great traction being made in this space. And also not only for recyclable and repurposed for reusable space, but also functionality to make it more readily available to more consumers as well. That's amazing. You mentioned you're from Atlanta. Are you are you a Braves fan? Am I a Braves fan? I go to a couple games. Um, (laughs) It's good to see them playing well. Yeah, they are. So I will say, you know, I definitely refer all the teams here. I'm originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, but I've been paying taxes here in Atlanta, Georgia for six years. So I'm a resident, but I refer all the teams here, to be honest. So the Falcons, Hawks, the Braves, that's pretty much everybody here in Atlanta. If you're a transplant, you root for all the teams here. And whoever's the furthest ahead, like in the playoffs, that's what we're cheering for. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm a Braves fan right now. <laughs> you, I love that. I've been paying taxes for six years. I, I, I love that. That's a, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. So it's, it's second home. Second home. Well, thank you so much for taking some time. This has been a great show. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you and, and your company? Absolutely. So you can actually find me on LinkedIn, Megan Young Gamble. G-A-M-B-L-E, like you're in Vegas. So you can find me on LinkedIn there to connect with me. Please do so. I welcome it. You can also visit my website, www.getgetlevelconsultingalloneword.com to learn more of our services and offerings to um, startup and legacy brands. And then also, I just launched an online academy for those startup brands who want to learn more about packaging requirements and more to help them get properly positioned in the marketplace, whether that's on an e-commerce store or in their brick and mortar. So you can also find my online academy called Accelerate Level Institute, also known as Ali at AccelerateLevelInstitute.com for those online trainings. That's amazing. Two, so two websites. Yes. So, you know, power of entrepreneurship, but that's where you're leveraging it and making sure that you serve all people to make sure that anybody that's in the indie and startup phase, they get the same information just as if you're in. So we want to make sure that we help level the playing field for all opportunities for our brands out there. That's such a, it's such a common question and such a great way to put that is people coming to us all the time. 
how do I find where's this all where's all this information? Where where do I find the the answers to these really difficult questions? And so I love that you've got your getlevelconsulting.com and your your other website. That's we'll put both of those in the show notes. So people listening, you you can just click on those links. And uh, I'd like to thank Landsberg Aurora for your sponsorship of this podcast. And please, if you're listening, please take a minute to share it with your friends. Give us a review. Make sure you go check out Megan Gamble and on LinkedIn. And thank you so much, Megan, for your time. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thanks for having me on Sustainable Packaging Podcast. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by SpecRite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.